Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Yes or no? And it's a series on boundaries saying, well, what is a boundary? Well, a boundary is for protection. A boundary is a line that either I won't cross and or I won't allow other people to cross. Usually a boundary is, I'm not crossing that, but you're not crossing it either. Historically, when boundaries have been violated between nations, some nations have gone to war over it. Okay? So, like, an army just marches across a boundary. You're like, wait, you're in our country. It's on. We're, gonna, we're going to war now. We're going to attack you with tanks and stuff. Okay? So, boundaries are for your protection. They're for safety. They're for I believe boundaries in many ways are to teach others how to deal with you. And I think boundaries can help you learn how to interact with others. If you say, you can't cross this line. I'm sorry. No, I'm not going to do that. No, for example, for example, no, I already told you I'm not going to drink alcohol with you. I don't drink. That's a boundary. Or maybe you have family who says, man, we're coming over, but we're bringing some alcohol. You can come over, but you're not drinking alcohol in my house. Or, here's another boundary, please don't cuss in front of me. I love it when, this is terrible. I, I don't know if I love it. But I almost love it when someone slips up and says a, a word they shouldn't say. And then they go, well, what do you do for a living? I go, I'm a pastor. <laughs> They're like, oh, man. And sometimes they, they smoothly just move past it. Other times they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I didn't mean to say that in my mouth. And I'm like, that's fine, man. That's all right. You know, just don't. And I love messing with people, looking at them real serious and going, don't, don't let it happen again. And I'm like, I'm just messing with you. Thank you, though. Thanks for your respect. I know, I know you won't say any dirty words in front of me anymore. So Jesus actually taught boundaries by his life and the things he said. He taught boundaries. And how many of you know Jesus is the perfect example of everything? So if you watch his life, he had lots of boundaries, lots of boundaries, lines that he didn't allow people to cross, a line that he would draw. So check this out. Jesus and his boundaries. Point one tonight is Jesus had, he had prayer time, didn't he? Jesus had prayer time. Now we know he did. Now look at his command. This is just a partial, this is just a part of it. Matthew 6, 6. Look at what he says. This is a boundary we're creating. I believe you should pray with people. I believe you should pray in public, you know, with folks, not to be showy, not, you know, but you can pray in your vehicle. You can pray at church. You can pray at 545 in the morning, Monday through Wednesday or Monday through Friday at noon in here. You can pray with a group. You can pray with people at work. You can pray in your small group. That's great. But here's what Jesus, he's talking about. Look, you also need a time when you go off by yourself and pray. He says, but when you pray, don't do it for show. He says, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. So you should have alone time with God and prayer time, okay? Alone time, that's actually another point, not for tonight. I may bring that up Sunday as God leads me, but that's also a boundary. But prayer time, spending time with God, private prayer time. Did Jesus do that a lot? Did he pray on his own? He did. He, was, he had to be alone. Why? Why did Jesus have to be alone at times? Well, 
the crowds were always looking for him. Did you notice that? He would go to a place, and the crowds were like, this guy is, is doing free fish fries and healing the sick, so we need to go hang out with him. So everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd when they heard about it. Scripture says that it was noised that he was in the house. So he was at a house. They packed the house, and that's the story about when they let somebody down through the ceiling because they couldn't get in. Remember the paralyzed man? Everywhere he went, he was causing a commotion. He was turning the world upside down from, from Israel and out. He was, he was doing something amazing. But because he was around people all the time, this is God in the flesh, y'all. He was all God, but he was all man. God in the flesh. Scripture says he received the Spirit without measure. All the gifts of the Spirit were operating in his life all the time, based upon what we read. If he was given the Spirit without measure, he was discerning. He could give a word of prophecy, word of wisdom. He, he was quoting Scripture constantly. He knew the Bible completely. He knew the Old Testament. Everything he said was special and perfect. So he's drawing a crowd all the time. Here he is, God in the flesh, but he needed to have prayer time. When you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private. That's when you can cry. That's when you sometimes go, why? I don't understand, God. What's going on? What did I do wrong? God, you can, you can be real. All right? So prayer time. That was one of Jesus' boundaries, and I believe that's one of the boundaries that he taught according to this. So point two tonight. Jesus taught honesty. I kind of used the modern user-friendly word honest, honesty, which is really just speaking truth. Speaking truth. Let's go to Matthew 5.37. Matthew 5.37. I love this right here. In this context now, before you get to this verse, Jesus is talking about not, not swearing by anything. Not by, the, by anything else. Just letting your answers be yes or no. But all truth is parallel. So Jesus is saying, just say a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, be honest. Tell the truth and do it without swearing. Do it without having to make a big old promise all the time. Why? Because your words are important. How many of you know lack of truth has affected people? Lies hurt people. Lies have hurt me. Lies have hurt those I love when I lied. So you don't want to lie. You want to walk in truth. And that is one of the boundaries that Jesus drew. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Interesting to note that Jesus often, when he, when he spoke in, in the King James Version, he would say, verily, verily, I say unto you, truthfully, truthfully, I'm telling you, here's how it is. He would say that often. I'm telling you the truth. He would, he would begin with that. So honesty is keeping your word. Did Jesus keep his word? Mm -hmm. When there was a tumult going on around him and there was, there was pandemonium and there's people screaming and there's people worried about themselves and there's miracles and there's demons being cast out of people, through all of that, Jesus kept his calm and he promised, he promised, he said, look, I'm going to have to go and die. Y'all may not understand it now, but I'm going to be taken away from you. I'm going to have to go and die. He was telling the truth, and he was keeping his word. He kept it. He kept it all the way to the cross. Telling the truth no matter what, to a fault. you got to be wise with truth at times. You don't want to just walk up to somebody and go, man, it looks like you've gained 40 pounds. That's not wise, is it? I remember we were at the bank. We were doing a training one time. And it was United New Mexico Bank. You guys remember where City Hall is? That used to be United New Mexico. It turned into Norwest Bank. I was working there, 
in the final months of United New Mexico, and it, well, it, it had just trans, transferred over to Norwest. And they were transitioning, they were gonna get a new building, and that's the building for Wells Fargo now, okay? Right across the street from the old Grandies. Well, I remember we were doing a training one time, and it said, what not to do as a teller? And somebody walked up, and they were thinking, oh, man, they're going to recognize me. They're not going to ask for my ID. That's big to some people, right? My grandpa would get so irritated when people asked for his, his ID, and my grandma would say, not everybody knows you, right? you got to show your ID. So in this training video, it says, what not to do as a teller? Having better customer service. I'll never forget this. The person walks up, and they're thinking, they're going to recognize me. The teller goes, can I see your ID, please? They look at the ID, and the person's still thinking in their mind. You can hear their thoughts. They're like, oh, they're about to recognize me, and they're going to go, I don't need your ID. And the teller goes, looks at the ID, looks back at them, looks at the ID, and goes, you've gained weight. <laughs> Not good. Be a truth teller, but be wise and be tactful, okay? Tell the truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. He's our perfect, perfect example of truth. Just a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't most times. I mean, he said anything beyond this is from the evil one. So don't get involved in all kinds of other stuff. And it's crazy how many times I've been lied to when people were telling me I swear. Does that scare you at all? A swear is a promise to God. I vow to God I'm telling the truth. We had a kid at the academy years ago. I'm not going to imitate him because some people might remember him because I could do a pretty good imitation of him. But he would say, he would say, brother, I swear to God ab about everything. Terrible habit. And I remember my mom t teaching me when I was a kid was, don't, you don't do that. You don't do that. So I swear, I swear. I, like, I don't even use that word hardly. So, I mean, that kid would do it and lie to you. He, and he would raise his hand almost like he was swearing in court. He would lift his hand. And say, brother, I swear to God, I, that, that wasn't me. And just lying, lying, lying. So Jesus' boundary was truth. So you keep truth, and you hold that line. You hold the line on truth, okay? That's for you and others, for your protection, for your blessing. So God will always honor the things you say. And you keep, do your best to keep your word to the best of your ability. Point three tonight. I love this. Jesus was good at this. This is a lesson and a boundary that Jesus taught. Please God instead of people. Draw the line. You want to honor people. You want to take care of your wife. If you're a man, if you're a woman, you want to take care of your husband. But above all, your priority, priority should be to please God instead of people. Look at John 5.44. <laughs> he told the folks he was speaking to, he said, No wonder you can't believe. For you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. Let's go back and read that again. No wonder you can't believe, he said, for you gladly honor each other, but you don't care about the honor that comes from the one who alone is God. You, you, man, you're taking care of it. You're worried what everybody else thinks, but what about God? Haven't you ever met somebody like that? It goes, they go, what will people say? I had a relative like that. They're like, well, what are people going to say? And I'm like, I don't, I don't really care what they're going to say. I mean, and I'm sure we've all gone through stages where we really worried about what people were going to say. 
That doesn't mean you, you shouldn't perform well at your job. You shouldn't honor God and go to church, honor your pastors, honor each other. Scripture says submitting one to another and, and preferring each other over, you know, over yourselves and putting others before yourself, all that. But just people who go around worrying and honoring everybody else except for God, worrying about what everybody thinks. Jesus' boundary was please God instead of people. And here's what I believe. If you please God, hear me well tonight. This is just in, just in from heaven's press, I believe. If you please God, then the only ones that really matter are going to, they're going to approve of you. If you will please God, you're going to please the right people. Really. If you please God, then the godly people around you are going to go, oh, I understand. Well, that's, a, that's a hard word, but okay. Do you remember what Jesus told, told the whole crowd? He told them some crazy thing. He said, if you want to continue on with me, basically, he said, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. It, it said in King James Version, this is a hard saying. They were like, what? They didn't know what he meant. But his disciples, they were telling Jesus, man, I'm not going to leave. Jesus said, y'all leaving too? He said, no, you're all we have now. You're all we have, and you are the words of life and truth. They're like, we can't leave you, Jesus, even if you say some stuff that's crazy to people. They were learning. Jesus was teaching his disciples to honor and prefer God over other people. But remember, once again, if you honor God, the people around you that really love God, they're going to honor your decisions. They're going to approve of you. The ones, the ones that really love you, they're going to they're gonna prove, okay? So you don't worry about that. I remember when it was time for me and Jim to get married. Anybody that had a brain in their head agreed that we should get married. But a few weird people told me some stuff like, wait, are you sure? Or somebody said something dumb. It was like, I kid you not, it was probably one or two people. And I hate to be rude, but they just didn't matter. Can you imagine I, me and Jen were like talking to each other? I'm like, baby, I already asked you to marry me. Not everybody in the whole world agreed. I mean, our parents agree. Just about 99% of the people at church agree. I mean, all of our families agree. Every, but those two weirdos, they, they made some comments. So we're just, I don't, what will people say? No. You honor God. <laughs> and, and the good folk they're going to honor you for honoring God, and they're going to understand, okay? So please God instead of people. Point four tonight. Point four tonight. Resist the enemy. Do not allow him to cross the line in your life. Don't allow him to cross the line. Let's go to Luke 4.33. I love this. Luke 4.33. Once when he was in the synagogue, Jesus, right? He was in the synagogue. He was at the Jewish church house. We got to see a few of those in Israel. A man possessed by a demon, an evil spirit, began shouting at Jesus. Can you imagine? Shouting at Jesus, go away. Why are you interfering with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us or torture us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Look at verse 35. Jesus cut him short. Shut up, basically, right? He said, be quiet. That sounds so much more polite. But he's like, shut up and come out of the man, he ordered. At that, the demon threw the man to the floor as the crowd watched. Then it came out of him without hurting him further. <laughs> Jesus had boundaries with the enemy, with the devil. 
Do you remember that one time that Peter, Peter was telling Jesus? He said, man, this is really a lesson on Jesus tonight. I love that. Peter was telling Jesus, he had just, Peter had just said something great. He said, you're the Christ, the Holy One, the Son of God. So Peter thought he was really doing well. And then Jesus said, I've got to go to die. And Peter said, no, you're not going to go die. He thought he had real authority all of a sudden with Jesus. And you know what Jesus responded with? Anybody remember? Get thee behind me, Satan. Was he talking to Peter? No, he was talking to the temptation of the devil. He was basically saying that the enemy had caused Peter to say that to him, to try to distract him from going to the cross. Wow. So Peter thought he was a man for a minute, and all of a sudden the Lord rebukes him, and it sounds like, for all intents and purposes, the Lord just called him Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. Wow. Jesus drew a hard line with the enemy. You know what he did in the desert? You remember that? When he was out fasting in the wilderness for 40 days? Every time the enemy tempted him, how did Jesus respond? How did he draw a boundary? How did he draw a line? He responded with Scripture. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. You will not tempt the Lord your God. He was just quoting Scripture one after another to, to, to Satan until Satan left him alone. He shut him down. You know what Scripture says? Resist the devil and he will flee. There's been times, I'm telling you, where I was struggling with my thought life, like worrying or struggling with heaviness or whatever it was, just really, and just some strongholds needed to come down. And it's crazy when you just decide, I'm not going to think like that. I'm going to resist that. And it's after a while it goes away. It's amazing. Whether it's the enemy attacking your mind or whether it's just an unrenewed mind you're struggling with, you can resist, all right? You can always resist. You can draw a line. I love that Jesus said, I am not doing that. The devil was tempting him. Fall down and worship me. Can you imagine? That's all Satan has ever wanted. He wanted to be number one in the universe. He told the God of the heavens, he said, fall down and worship me, and I'll give you everything. It's all mine right now. But Satan didn't know he was about to lose everything when Jesus went to the cross. And Jesus knew it. Jesus knew it. So you gotta be, you got to be real with God. you got to understand His Word. you got to remember His Word. Even a little bit of it will cause the enemy to run as you resist Him. Okay, so resist the enemy. Draw your boundary. I'm not doing that. And guess what? The devil has to do what you say. Demons have to do what you say. Your mind has to do what you say. It's your mind, right? You say, man, I can't control my thoughts. Yes, you can. Think about something else. I keep going back to that thought. Go back to the other thought. You can. You can resist. You can resist. You can resist. All right? So let's review here. I think, I believe that Mauricio has a, a review screen. So Jesus and his boundaries. All right? He had prayer time. He teaches us prayer time alone. We should pray together, I believe, as often as possible. That's powerful. But it's crazy, even when we have prayer time here together, we have alone time that we pray before. In the mornings and at noon, we go off and hide. I steal one of pastor's pillows, and I go lay down back there, and I pray. I go hide out back there, now that you know where I am when you come in, all right? But I go hide out. I try to hide out where it's a little darker and just go lay down and pray. Some folks go over here, some go over there, some go over there. Some, I've seen people laying under the seats, laying between the rows. It's your quiet place, your secret place. You're praying. You can do that. That's great. And you should. You should be at home alone and pray sometimes. So prayer time is number one. That's a boundary. You should have a boundary in your life. Say, 
Not all my prayers with people. I'm going to pray alone sometimes. Honesty, which is speaking the truth. You've got to have that. You've got to speak the truth. Point three, please God instead of people. I think if people would get a revelation of that, it would set them free. I'm telling you, I had family, more than one, and more than one person in my life growing up said, but what are people going to think? Well, sweetheart, I cannot control what people think. Had some, you know, sometimes they think crazy stuff. Somebody told, I don't know what the problem was. I guess it was one of the one, the one in ten that didn't like me. But there was a hair cutter in town. And she told a friend of mine. And I, I don't think he was a real friend because he told me what she said. Are y'all with me? I don't think he was a real friend. Or he was just a moron, maybe. I don't know. God for, he, maybe he was just a bonehead. But he goes, hey, you know what she told me? I said, what? She said, man. What's happening to Matt? I don't know if she said Matt or Matthew or Mateo. What's happening to Mateo? He had, a, he had some pimples on his face and he's losing his hair. That made me feel amazing at that time. Because I hadn't shaved my head yet. See, that was at a point in my life I was actually hiding from pictures or trying to get where the light wasn't shining down on, on my hair because it was, it was feathery and back and it was like you, you could just see. It was weird. It was weird. You could get behind me and see through it. I'd look in the mirror, I could see light behind it. You know, it was not good. It not good. So she, she assaults the two things that I was bummed out about in my 20s. Because I was a late bloomer, so I even got pimples in my 20s. Turns out it's because I was allergic to dairy, and those things gave me pimples. Long story. But I was losing my hair, so she goes and tells him, and he tells me. Can you imagine? But can you imagine even more than that if I would have dwelt on that and stayed there? Man, years later, you know, shaved my head. Man, there's a lady in town that she was like, man, why is Matt losing his hair and why does he have pimples? I wonder if people are thinking weird things about me. Are they, man, do they think I'm weird? I mean, I, I can't, I feel irresponsible. One comedian said, I feel, I don't like to say I lost my hair because it makes me sound irresponsible. <laughs> well, genetics are what they are, aren't they? So, hey, praise God. It's funny, Sister Rose, years ago, she said, I saw a vision of you, Matt. She told me, this was years ago. This is like in the late 90s. And she said, I, I saw that you were going to get married later in life. You had, I don't know, did you tell me or tell my mom? You did tell me. She said, you had a lot less hair. I went, I was already losing my hair. And it was crazy because Sister Rose was one of the few people that didn't offend me by saying that. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to look like my Uncle Charles. So, praise God. So, hey, it was true. I got married at 30, and I was bald-headed when we got married. So, number three, please God instead of people. Don't worry about what people are thinking and saying all the time. You honor God. And if it's in your heart to, to, to host a small group, then you talk to me about it. If it's in your heart, man, to serve here somehow, you talk to us about it. I'm going to tell you what. This is a freebie, but our vision here, my vision right now, is to have hundreds of small groups. I'd like to start with 50 in the English only. But pastor has a goal for this year for there to be 50 small groups throughout the ministry, English and Spanish, and that's a good goal for this year. Wow. So let's do that first, and then we can go on to hundreds, all right? Praise God. So please God instead of people. And number four, resist the enemy. You can tell the devil to shut up. You can say, that's not from God. You shut up. Or if it's from your own mind, it doesn't matter. You can tell your own mind to shut up. Say, no, nope, that's not truth. That's not from God. Hush. 
hush. All right? Let's pray tonight. Father God, we just bless your name. We thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for the words of Jesus. We thank you for the word of God. The written word, Father God, the logo.